National Pollinator Awareness Week shines a light on the important role pollinators play to our food security and our survival. Honeybees have received a lot of media coverage, as many people feel they are disappearing. But some research shows that their populations are actually increasing globally and here in the U.S. It's a complex story, with pollinator populations impacted by several factors. Land use, population shifts, cultivation practices, economics, and, and our culture. Some people point to the use of agriculture chemicals, and there's been a lot of controversy surrounding neonicotinoid-based products. I live a few miles away from one of the Bayer Corporation's research sites. I was able to visit with some of their scientists who are tackling the issue head-on. There, they have a bee care research facility and a two-acre pollinator garden that's open to the public. I am Stephanie Darnell, and I'm a scientist here at Bayer Crop Science within the Pollinator Safety Group. And Stephanie, where are we? We are actually standing in our two-acre pollinator garden here at the Bayer Bee Care Center. And so tell me what, what kinds of things you grow here. So we grow a variety of landscape plants, whether it be perennials or shrubs and trees, that can provide some type of pollinator benefit to our pollinators that come visit our garden, whether it be honeybees, bumblebees, solitary bees, and hummingbirds. So you all were doing a little bit of a study about um, tracking the number of pollinators that are here in your garden, and you found some interesting things. Yes, um, our bee expert, Kim Hunsinger. She has been doing assessments for the last year. Um, we're in our second season of this garden. And it's one of those things where when you build it, they will come. And she has documented over 35 species of bees that have come to our gardens in the last year. So how did you decide what plants to put out here? So what we were looking for was definitely what would provide a beneficial value to pollinators. And we want to make sure that we're providing seasonality for our flowers too. So we want something that's going to bloom um, maybe consistently through the season or at different times of the season. So you have a bloom that's in the spring, summer, and fall. And the summertime is really crucial because that is probably the most um, important time of the year to have a food for source for honeybees because oftentimes you'll see that the numbers drop in the summer based on starvation. They can't find enough diversified food out to forage on. So you know the neighborhood I live in. Um, we have a lot of the same kinds of plants throughout the whole landscape. That might be typical. How is this kind of landscape different from a typical landscape? Well, I think sometimes with our new neighborhoods, we tend to be monocultured. So there's um, less diversification within our landscape plants are being chosen to put into new neighborhoods. And people can, homeowners can make a difference by diversifying their plant selections. So make sure that you're planting a perennial that provides some type of pollinator value, um, whether it blooms in the spring, summer, or fall is very important. So diversifying with perennials, but also your shrubs and trees can provide that value too. Bayer has created a program called Feed a Bee to help provide more diverse forage for pollinators. Becky Langer, the project manager for the North American Bee Care Program, explained. Feed a Bee is a campaign of the Bayer Bee Care Program. It's really focused on reestablishing forage and habitat for those bees. Forage and habitat is one of the top challenges that the bees are facing in the United States. We're losing that habitat, whether it be through urbanization, a lot of introduction of concrete, whether it be new subdivisions, coffee shops, hotels. Oof, that hit home. I live in a fast-growing area. It's all houses, hotels, and shopping areas. And I feel like I'm more part of the problem than the solution. I was surprised at the diverse number of partners Bayer's working with to create habitat and forage for pollinators. 
As far as the partners we're working with, that too has been a, a fun aspect to see all the different stakeholders interested. We have True Green sent out packets during National Pollinator Week to customers. We've worked with the North Carolina Department of Transportation to plant sunflowers across 65 acres of the roadways in North Carolina. We have a dairy farm that provides milk to Dan and Yogurt, who's provided um, pollinator habitat. And then uh, IVM Partners is a unique novel group who educates utility companies to change the practice of routinely mowing the rights of ways and to use a selective herbicide to allow some of the critical pollinator plants like milkweed to come back in and create habitat on those rights of ways and using the land smarter. So I live in a house with a tiny little yard. I can't really help on this, can I? I mean, I'm just a homeowner. I can't really do anything, can I? Everyone can help, and that's the beauty of the Feed the Bee program. For The bees are not discriminatory on their forage and habitat. So if you're planting a small flower pot of flowers on a balcony or a patio, or you're a grower that can dedicate acres, it's all important. We don't want bees if, so us as humans, if we drank Mountain Dew and ate Twinkies every day of the week, we would not be healthy and we would have a lot of health challenges. Bees are the same way. They need a variety. They need different amounts, different times of year. So every little plot of wildflowers or pollinating food helps those bees. So big to small, it all works. I was intrigued when Becky mentioned the Department of Transportation. Many of the highways in North Carolina are flanked by beautiful flowers, so I jumped at the chance to meet some of the folks that make that happen. I'm Don Lee, State Roadside Environmental Engineer with the North Carolina Department of Transportation. On the highway, we're left with very poor soils. When they're building the highways, we're left with subsoils exposed, low fertility, uh, chunks of concrete and asphalt. <laughs> it's really a difficult um, effort to get it started and get of what you would traditionally think is a nice garden soil. We do not have it on the highways. We have marginal soils, low fertility, so we have, we're always looking for compost, natural compost sources to build up the soil. So it, it takes some effort to farm on the highway. It's much different than in your garden and it's much different than agriculture fields in North Carolina. I would, as I drive down the roads and I see these beds, I'm looking at some pretty tough plants. They're growing in tough conditions. Extremely hot, dry, windy conditions. So we certainly have to look at plants that will survive, but also have the visual impact. And that has been a challenge over the years, but my hat's off to staff that the roadside environmental unit and other experts to help us to accomplish that. Well, growing up in eastern North Carolina and my family are farmers, we understand the benefit of pollinators. And our agriculture industry in North Carolina, number one industry, is of high value to North Carolina's economy. So it really makes sense. Why not use public lands to help our number one industry in North Carolina? On our website, trianglegardener.com, You'll find links to information about the DOT Wildflower Program, Pollinator Awareness Week, and tips for attracting pollinators to your garden. I'm Lise Jenkins, and this is the Triangle Gardener Magazine Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. You can now find us on iTunes. If you like what we're doing, give us a review. Thanks for listening.